and gentlemen, welcome back to Fair Ones and Fairways. Noel Sosa back in the building with a hurricane. Fernando Rivas, what's up, brother? What's going on, Noso? What's going on, man? Oh, man. Glad to be back. Glad to be talking about boxing, the sweet science. Uh, man, uh, you know, a few things we got to cover today. Yes, sir. There's always some news being made in the world of boxing, and we're glad to join the conversation and create the conversation so we can talk about it today, man. And uh, first off, let me just say this. I'm excited because of the year that we've had, the year that we continue to have, kind of going in to almost fourth quarter here, you know, one more month in, in, in quarter three of the year, going into fourth quarter, a couple more announcements being made, including today, as of this recording, another fight announcement uh, that we're going to be talking about. Someone you're really excited about, Shakur Stevenson. It looks like he's got a new uh, uh, opponent and a right. uh, pretty interesting matchup, too. Yeah, I actually like that fight a lot. Uh, on paper, it looks really, really good. Yeah. Similar styles, two southpaws. Yeah. I'm really anxious to see that fight. Uh, me too, man. Again, a lot of great fights this year. Honestly, didn't think we'd be getting that fight at this particular time, but we're going to talk about it coming up here in just a bit. Uh, but where should we start today? I feel like we got to start uh, with the recent bout for three-fourths of the heavyweight title. Uh, Alexander Usyk uh, defeats Daniel Dubois with a ninth-round knockout, but wasn't without a little controversy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, I, I watched that body shot, uh, the replay, yeah. Uh, to me, it looked like a legal blow. Um, you know, of course, there was different angles, and, you know, you can kind of make your own judgments there. But Right. So it's kind of hard, you know, for the ref to make that, you know, call right on the spot as it's happening in, in real time. Right. You know, he doesn't have the luxury of those replays and angles like that. Right. To me, just, you know, when I first saw it, it looked like a legal shot. I don't think it would have made much of a difference. I think Uzik would have just got up anyways and did what he did. Sure. Um, and then my second takeaway from this, I have three takeaways. My second one is that the referee did a horrible job. Mm -hmm. He gave him all the time in the world to recover. <laughs> Even when Usyk said he was ready to go, he's like, no, 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 take some take, take some, some rest. Take some time. Chill out. Yeah. And then my third takeaway was I think Daniel Dubois quit. I think it was a quit job. It, it, it sure looked that way. It sure yeah. looked that way. Um, yeah, you know, I, just to, just to feed, feed, give you some feedback on my end, I thought it was a legal shot too, man. I thought it was a legitimate body punch. And, you know, you and, and I've heard a lot of people say, well, if the referee started counting, Usyk gets up. Does he, though? I, I'm not 100%. I mean, listen, maybe he does get up, right? Yeah. But in what condition would he be in, right? Yeah, yeah. Would it, I mean, there was a window of opportunity. And Fernando, you know this better than most people because of your experience in the sport as a fighter, as a trainer. Man, those kind of opportunities, when you hurt a guy like that, I mean, especially against such a technically sound and skilled boxer like Usyk, yeah. those opportunities are very rare to come by. I feel like he was robbed of that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that for sure he was. Because uh, even if he didn't call it a knockdown and it was a low blow, he should have let Usyk go when he said he was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that would have been uh, Dubois' time to kind of evaluate if, if he's hurt or not. He should have pressed right. him. Um, I feel like, you know, Dubois... A lot of it had to do with him letting the opportunity go, too. I think once he started getting tagged, I think mentally he started getting beaten. And, uh, but, you know, by the ninth round, you know, he got caught with a nice little right, was it a right hook, I think? Yeah. And, and that was it. He didn't want to fight anymore, you know. Yeah. But I still feel he got robbed of a moment. You know, you still could have said, hey, I, I dropped the world champion. You right. Know? Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, I do think Uzik is tough enough that I think he would have gotten up. 
Like, like you said, we don't know what condition. And I would have liked to have seen what Dubois would have done with a follow-up. But I think yeah. the ref kind of took that from him. Yeah, and, and, and I think that right there, like you said, started the decline of Dubois, even just mentally. I think it kind of took his spirit out of the whole situation because, yeah, once he started getting tagged, he, he provided very little resistance. And then obviously, you know, anytime a fighter uh, gets up at the count of 10, he's basically just waiting for the referee to do his job so we can go home. Yeah, and there's many tricks. You know, I've seen Victor Ortiz pull a couple of them too. You know, you you know you kind of you start looking a little confused. You look around and then you get up, right right when the referee stops it. Then oh wait, what happened? I was good. You know, right, I've uh, seen all the tricks and you yeah. know, Dubois right there. He did a, he did a nice one right at right at ten. Right to make at it 10. seem like he was trying, but no, he he didn't want out. He he wanted out. I'm sorry. Yeah, he wanted out. He yeah, wanted he, out. he did not want to continue in that fight. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I think it was a legitimate blow. Now, I've seen all different arguments for this was a low blow, this was a legal shot, low blow, legal shot. And from, you know, all types of credible sources, fighters, trainers, experts, everybody seems to have a different opinion on this thing. With all that said, does, does Dubois, for one, deserve a rematch? Two, should we have a rematch? I would say no. Okay. Uh, and honestly, like if, if Dubois had some moments in this fight where he was more competitive or if the fight maybe went to a decision and that point was the deciding factor, that mm-hmm. point that he did not get, then, you know, there should be a, some uh, demand for a rematch. But in, in this circumstance, I, I think Guzik did a good job. He kind of you know, did what he was supposed to do. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, it's not his fault that the ref made that call. Sure. I mean, he benefited greatly. Yeah. But, I mean, he still took care of business, and he still made him quit. You know, landed a nice right hook. Dubois I went down. I think it was even like a, like a power jab. Yeah, almost it? like yeah. a jab. Yeah. And when I saw that, and I saw him go down, I was watching, and I was like, he's not getting up. He doesn't want to fight. I was like, ah, it's over. It's a wrap. And sure enough, he, he just was checked kinda, out. Yeah, and so, so for that reason alone, I wouldn't say he gets a rematch. Um, doesn't mean he can't get a payday elsewhere. Sure. You know, get a payday elsewhere. Um, but I think that was his championship window. I think it's closed. Okay. In all honesty, I think it's closed. And, you know, and it's, there's a never say never rule in, in boxing because you never know. But I just don't see it with, with this guy anymore. I think he's he should be content to get some paydays and, and move along. Well, that you know, we, we will see, man. Uh, you know, uh, Frank Warren uh, was, was, was in the ring protesting for his man, making his case. Talking about appealing this and that, we never really see much from those appeals, do we? No, no, it's it's all it's always uh, posturing, really. Yeah. The promoter has to say that, you know, he's got to feel like his like his fighter got screwed over, right? But I'll tell you what, you know, uh, Alexander Uzik, he uh, he always shows himself to be quite a character in those post fight interviews. I, I did that was another. <laughs> yeah, I think he says something like, "Did they ask him, did he hit hard?" He says, "No, only my balls," or something <laughs> like that. So Uzik is quite a character. He's the one that uh, came up with that, you know, I am very feel as well. So he's he's a character, man. He's he's a he's a great entertainer for sure. Uh, he's a great entertainer and listen, really good boxer. Uh, I was maybe uh, expecting a little bit more dominance from him, and and again, yeah. he did win the fight. He dominated the fight, but almost kind of like how we were. Talking about Canelo versus Ryder, kind of giving Canelo like, ah, is he slipping this and that? Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying Usyk's slipping, but I thought it might have been just a little bit sharper, a little bit more dominant. Yeah. And I and I and one thing I've noticed about Usyk is it, in the heavyweight division, that is, uh, if you press him, you can make him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that's the blueprint to exactly to beat him, yeah. but 
you can make him uncomfortable. And if you make a fighter like that uncomfortable, it gives you a nice window to land some shots. Absolutely. And, you know, so if you press him, work his body, you know, you can, you can do some things with, with Uzik. And, uh, Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, AJ showed us a little bit of that. And listen, for you sure. know, as, as tentative as AJ fights, in those moments where he was being the aggressor, he made Usyk uncomfortable, particularly with a body shot, by the way. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to start the conspiracy theory thing here with Usyk and body shots, but I think there yeah. are some things uh, to consider future opponents for Usyk that they may look at and draw from uh, this performance from Dubois, maybe the little bit of success that Anthony Joshua had in his performance. There may be a blueprint forming uh, for beating Oleksandr Usyk. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I would say it's the, the steady pressure, steady pressure, you know, which is why, you know, and I believe I texted you this and I was watching this. I said, man, this would be a perfect fight uh, for Andy Ruiz. Oh, boy. You know, like Ruiz and Uzi, I'd stylistically. I'd love to see that. Love to see that. Because Ruiz is going to press you and he's got really fast hands and he can throw combinations. He can put them together. I would really love to see something like that. And he won't quit. No, no, he won't quit at all. He, he You know, he'll give us, as, he'll take as good as he can give and, uh, I would much rather see him with Uzik than Wilder, to be honest with you. As wow. a fan of Ruiz, I would much rather see him get in there with Uzik than Wilder. Because I think Wilder's just, he's always one punch away from putting somebody to sleep. <laughs> no always. matter who you no are. No matter who you are. Well, I guess Tyson Fury excluded. Well, Tyson Fury just able to wake up in time, I guess, is, yeah. is his thing. No, yeah. that, that, that's good stuff, man. Yeah, Alexander Usyk, again, defends three-fourths uh, of the heavyweight title. Uh, we will see what ends up happening here. You know, you know, there's been some rumors, you know, going on, and maybe we can get into this a little bit later as well, too. Or yeah. maybe, maybe we talk about it now. How do you feel about that? You know, Anthony Joshua's kind of, quote-unquote, leaked out some information, um, you know, something that we heard before, but he said it again, apparently, in the press, how, you know, they're, they're trying to set up this big event, two big fights, one night, Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, possibly, you know, him and Wilder getting it on. And then Fury and Usyk f- fighting as well too, and then the winners, yeah. you know, end up fighting each other as well. Um, are we going to get that fight with Fury? I mean, Fury's got his exhibition coming yeah. up, but yeah. I mean, you know, that, it's an exhibition. Um, is that what's next for Usyk, or do you, or do you think Usyk gets another fight somewhere else? It, I mean, it should be what's next for Usyk. It should, should be. It should be what's next for yeah. Fury. Right. Um, but uh, you know, he's got that exhibition, uh, and then after that, they, we got to find out. You know, if he didn't take any punishment, you know, if he's not, you know, worn out, uh, then we have to see, you know, maybe he comes back in the spring or yeah. or something like that. I, I, I can imagine, you know, they might push something like that towards the summer just to make it a, big, a bigger event. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if that happens, I know uh, Joshua's been saying he'd like to come back and fight in December just so that I guess he can stay sharp and doesn't have to wait, you know, that long. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this real quick, man. Side note here. Uh, you know, we're talking about the, the exhibition that Tyson Fury has coming up. Obviously, we want to see him and Usyk fight for the undisputed title, undisputed heavyweight championship. Oh, that's such a big deal. I'm so excited. I hope we get it. But as far as the exhibition goes, what do you think about these clips coming out of Mike Tyson training Francis Ngannou? Have you had a chance to check these out? Yeah, I've seen them, and I think it's great. You know, uh, if you're going to learn boxing from anybody, Mike Tyson's the right one of the right guys to to learn from he's a student of the game he's a historian really he's a, yes. a modern day boxing historian yes so if you're going to learn anything from boxing it doesn't hurt to have mike tyson on, on your side for sure i don't know if it's going to make a difference or not because I, again I, I think francis Ngannou has got a snowball's chance in hell of beating tyson yeah. fury but it is intriguing for me uh yeah. to see mike you know showing him 
what he knows. Again, a student, right? A pupil of of the legend Cus D'Amato. Yeah. I mean, you know, to to see him transfer that knowledge, or at least attempt to transfer that knowledge over to Francis Ngannou, I, I kind of like it. You know, I yeah. gotta say this: I really like Mike as a coach. No, he's he's one of the great you know brains in the sport, and you know it's kind of a shame he doesn't have a lot more high profile. You know, or if he has anybody that under his wing right now, right? But he's someone that I would love to see as a trainer full time. I, um, I from the clips that I've seen, I'm like, man, Mike's really able to articulate the points and yeah. get across. Like, this is why to do it this way. When you when you when you end it, you got to throw it like this, and you no 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 from this angle yeah. here. I just man, I love that. I, I, I it yeah. excites me to see Mike as a trainer. And, and if uh, you know Francis Ngannou was you know building a boxing career. I'd say he's in perfect shape right now. You yeah, know, he's been, but you know, he's <laughs> jumping into one of the biggest fights. You know, zero to one hundred. Yeah, so you know, it, I don't think it's gonna be much of a difference. But it doesn't hurt to have one of the smartest guys, you know, in the sport. You know, do uh, you, do do you nudge uh, Ngannou's chances at all? I mean, maybe point one percent. You know, maybe point one percent. I mean, I, I honestly feel you know. I was gonna see if he yeah. at least gave him five percent, but he, he said point one percent. He's right. got you know Mike Tyson. He could have you know Angelo Dundee, Manuel yeah. Stewart, you know Eddie Fudge. <laughs> it just you know it's one fight that it, he's just not ready. He's yeah. not ready for right. for for a, for a Tyson Fury. Your, your first ever uh, boxing match can't be against who some people are calling the, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I know, just, uh, yeah. I know in the movies it works perfectly, like in Creed. Yeah, yeah, it worked good if this was Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, man, this is, this is, no, this is real life. And, you know, unfortunately he, he doesn't have a chance. You know, that being said, and, and I'll keep saying it on the record, I, I'm going to beat Team Nganu just because I'm still pissed off at Fury. Yeah. I hope he, you know, lands a good shot one time, puts him on his ass one time, embarrasses him. Yeah. And, you know, then, you know, what needs to happen will happen. But uh, no, I would. I I really, you know, I'm gonna root for Ngannou on this one for sure. Well, you know, man, it's one of those things, man. I, I've seen people on the uh, boards, right, the the comment sections here and there, talking about the fight, and you can always spot, uh, you know, and, and I, listen, I got love for you guys, okay, the MMA fans who think Ngannou has a chance. You know, it's 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 funny to see it, and and I'm not trying to be disrespectful because again, man, hey, you know. We're we're rooting for the guy to at yeah. least make some noise, at least yeah. make a, a fight of it. You know, even though I wouldn't bet on it. Um, you know, it's funny because they're like, "Well, man, he hits hard. It's the hardest puncher that Tyson Fury's ever faced." I'm like, "Oh man, you guys!" I, I, <laughs> you I, I guys. think I think the boxing world's gonna find out real quick that he's not Deontay Wilder. Right? Exactly. He, he hits nowhere near as hard as Deontay Wilder. Exactly. That's so, the point I was getting to. And so yeah. that's. Uh, you know we're gonna find he's gonna and Ganu's gonna find that out and you know the world's gonna find that out and a lot of the casuals will find out. Uh, you know he might not even be able to land that money punch on on Fury. I mean, listen, Wilder. I mean, had difficulty getting that shot, and he's the master of that right hand. Yeah, you know he can sneak that right hand in, and Ganu doesn't have that. No, no, he, he doesn't have that, and he's not going to have that. And listen. That that style that that he's learning from Tyson, it's going to be very hard to implement against a guy like Tyson Fury. Yeah, especially when it's not something that he's been practicing for years. He's been practicing. He's going to at the time probably be practicing for maybe a couple months. Yeah, and that's again, he's up against it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this fight's going to be on the record at all. Right, I, mean, I don't know. I don't right. know if it's been confirmed or, or what. Um, but you know, if you're making your pro boxing debut, then and you know. 
it's against the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. And you have to press this guy because, you know, <laughs> that's your best chance to press him and to, you know, you know, kind of rough him up a little bit. And, you know, he's a guy that's six foot nine. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's it's going to be a very tough task for, for Ngannou. He's got a, he's going to have a long night that night. But like I said, I'm just, I'm still rooting for him. Just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm upset at Tyson Fury not making the fight with Uzik. Yeah, man. You know, there's a lot of word going around that it was him that, that kind of held the fight up. So, you know, I do want him to get a, just a little bit of a of a humbling experience. You know, let him <laughs> little, get off the canvas. Another and, like Steve Cunningham moment. Yeah, another little, <laughs> another Steve Cunningham moment gets up, stops him, and then quits messing around and makes the Uzik fight. I mean, listen, Tyson, Tyson Fury, make your money. That's what this is all about. It's a spectacle, not a competition here, not a real competitive uh, contest. It's a spectacle. It's a cash grab. Grab your bag, and then let's get to business. Let's get the undisputed heavyweight title situated. Fury versus Usyk. We all want to see it. Uh, hopefully, you know, the boxing gods who will give us this year of 2023 will yeah. give us a great 2024, and that'll be one of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, get your bag, but then go secure your legacy. There you we know, go. I sure. like that. That's, well said. It's more important, for sure. Well said. I, matter of fact, that was good, man. I'm going to give you a little... Hold on. I like that. Get your bag and then go secure your legacy. That's how we'll call it. Um, okay. So moving on here, um, let's move on to another... Uh, well, I guess I should say a rematch. There was somebody who was trying to get some get back, and that is Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, was upset and shocked by Liam Smith uh, a while back, and he said, hey, I, we got to run that thing again. Well, they did it this past weekend, and uh, Eubank Jr. turns in a career performance. Yeah, yeah, he was very impressive. You know, he did exactly what he was supposed to do this time. You know, looks like he took the fight a little bit more serious. You know, he wasn't sauteing steaks on, on Instagram for this one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, his mechanics, everything looked good in there. You know, he was fighting very smart. I think Bomag uh, did him some good for sure. Man, he really know. looked like he did, yes. Um, and, you know, and, and it kind of le uh, leads me to believe, too, that there was some truth to that whole thing that he was just a little bit too drained from trying to make weight for Connor, sure. um, for uh, Connor Ben. Yeah. And maybe it played an effect because he looked strong in this fight. And, you know, it it didn't look like he was in any trouble throughout the fight at all. Yeah. I mean, listen, dominating performance, you know, you, you know, he's got you see highlights sometimes of Chris Eubank uh, Jr. And, and it's like, whoa. This guy is dynamic, you know, when he turns it on. I mean, this guy is a highlight reel, you know, a, a, a type of fighter. He's got a, an amazing skill set. He's got this look to him. And, and man, like I said, I've seen some just incredible performance for him. But this was the performance that I think a lot of people have been wanting to see from him. Putting it all together, boxing, utilizing his skill set, the things that he does well to put on a dominating performance and then eventually get the late stoppage. Yeah, no, for sure, and and I think one thing too that I noticed here was that he he kind of he's coming more into his own, more more into his own style. Yes, I think earlier on in his career he was trying to emulate his dad a little bit too much, like with some of the mannerisms and movements in there. Like for those that have seen Chris Eubank Senior, you uh, he was an uh, an amazing fighter as well, right? You know, and I don't think he took any really any L's in his prime. I think it was mostly after his prime, but you know, look him up on YouTube. You know, yeah. to, like especially yeah. if you haven't seen him. Look him up, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about emulating his mannerisms. Mm -hmm. You know the way he would kind of pose, and you know after a knockdown or when he was looking feeling confident. And I do think Eubank Jr. was trying a little bit too hard, you know, to to be like senior in that in that in that regard. I think uh, this fight uh, right here was probably what he should have been doing all along. Absolutely. But you know uh, maybe that's something that Bo Mac brought brought out of him. 
Um, I, I listen, man. I, you know, you got to give credit, right? Because I mean, that was the change that was made, right? Yeah. And and for him to come out and have a performance like that, uh, who knows what the future looks like uh, for, yeah. for 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 Eubank Junior. Yeah. It paid immediate dividends for sure. Sure. You know? and, and again, we always knew he had that skill set, yeah. but putting it together, the game plan, yeah. uh, and, and then obviously the execution of the game plan, you'd love to see it. I'm really excited to see what can continue to happen uh, with Eubank Jr. Uh, and Bomack as a trainer. Uh, we'll have to talk about Bomack in a minute, but you mentioned something, uh, you know, Eubank Jr. emulating his father. Yeah. We, we've seen a lot now. I think we have a good amount of, of you know, the second, you know, yeah, generation juniors. fighters uh, yeah. coming through, right? A lot of juniors yeah. who have yeah. been coming through um, and having a little bit of success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the most famous one, Floyd Mayweather Jr., obviously. Of course. Um, Chavez Jr., I know he, he isn't, isn't going through his, you know, through his best moments right now. You know, he's kind of having a rough go. But, you know, he was able to win a world championship. And uh, make some uh, successful defenses. You know, he became a big name, a big draw himself. And, you know, but he also kind of emulated his father a little bit too much. Even, you know, Jorge Pais Jr. to a degree where That's he's, right. he basically became a journeyman. Mm-hmm. You know, Camacho. Right. He became a journeyman as well. Just That's right. To, I think when you try to become too much like, you know, like your famous father who may have had a style that was not suited sure. to your style. Right. You know, it could become a detriment for sure. And, and you know, that's got to be tough, right? It, 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 you know, coming up in, in the in the shadow of your father, who was this successful. I mean, he basically paved the way, right, for your existence in a way. And then you want to get out there, you want to prove it. And listen, boxing is one of those things that people don't just sign up for, right? There, there's yeah. a reason why that, 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 that the senior in this instance, right, uh, was made of what he was made of and had the success that he had. It's hard coming up. On the back end of that success, when you've had you know a little bit, you know, easier road, uh, right yeah. to to get there, to then have to dig down and find that part of you, um, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, speaking of juniors, uh, heck, man, on the undercard of Usyk uh, Dubois, uh, Prince Nassim Hamed, his son uh, made his debut. I, did you, by the way, did you get to see that? I, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I heard it was a complete mismatch. Oh and, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, and I get it. You know, you want to build up your, your fighter's record, right. you know, and especially first time out the know. gate, such a high profile, you know, debut, but man, to have that as the co-main yeah. for yeah. the heavyweight yeah. title of the world, I was like, what are they doing that with That could have been like an opener or something. I mean, yeah, exactly. Special you know. attraction opener, kicking off the show, check it out. I mean, co-main event for the heavyweight title, that did not make sense to me. But I guess, you know, it, it was a special night out there uh, in Poland. Uh, I had to make a spectacle of it yeah, in some no, kind of for, way. For sure. But, yeah, man. Uh, so let's see. Um, you know, we were talking about Bo Mack and, and the great impact that he had uh, on Chris Eubank Jr., which, by the way, I don't it doesn't look like they're going to try to run it back for a third time. I think that this performance was so decisive uh, by Eubank Jr. that they're going to go ahead and move on, get down the road. But speaking of Bo Mack, uh, you know, we know what he's done with Terrence Crawford and obviously with Eubank Jr. this past weekend. Got himself in a little bit of hot water, man. Yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, he uh, got arrested for gun possession out there in England. Yeah, and, um, you know, he uh, apparently, I guess they found it in a suitcase. Yeah, he may, I guess he may have said something like he didn't realize it was even there because sometimes you just you stay packed. Yeah, but you know, when you're heading overseas, you gotta understand. You know, the rules, the laws ain't the same as in the United States. You gotta be careful, you, you man. You have to be extra careful. You have to know what's what. You know, you have to. 
If you know you have a suitcase packed for the United States, have another one for overseas <laughs> that's, that's right, different, man. that doesn't have anything yeah. that can get you in trouble. Absolutely, man. Uh, international flights, international security. Like you said, you never know what kind of stuff you're going to run into. Just ask Brittany Griner. Yeah. I mean, listen, man, this can get serious. And honestly, I don't know how serious this is going to be, but I've heard some pretty drastic stuff that yeah. is possible from this. Yeah. Uh, I think Dan Rayfield tweeted that he might be facing five years. That is in, crazy. In prison over there. You know, what effect is that going to have on the career of the guys that he's, he's coaching right now? You know, Terrence Crawford, you know, Eubank. Um, you know, this could have some major repercussions. You I'm, know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm shocked uh, that this is happening. Obviously, you know, again, it's, 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 a, it's a harsh reminder. Uh, you got to watch these things, you know. And, and, but can you imagine? I mean, Bo Mack, you know, riding the success uh, that he has had with Terrence Crawford, now with Eubank Jr., He's really starting to, you know, build a reputation as a trainer for himself, even outside of Terrence Crawford. Man, this would be this would be this would be tragic. Yeah, and it would be devastating to to his whole team. You know, yeah. this would be a. Hopefully, you know, you know something is, you know, they reach some type of an agreement, or yeah. you know, I mean, I know he's got they got money for good lawyers for sure. <laughs> yes, they do. You know, so yes, they do. You know, hopefully, you know, they're able to figure something out, and you know, you know, maybe he gets a small, you know. A small penalty, a fine, or something, and yeah. hopefully they work something out. But uh, yeah, man, that's very unfortunate. You know, you always have to be aware. You know, I know, uh, like I said, I know a lot of people keep their suitcases packed, and you know, when you're traveling here in the United States, you know, obviously, you know, if you want to take, you know, protect yourself, you you have, you know, yeah, Second Amendment right, Second Amendment right. You know, you can do that. It's not it's not like that overseas. You know, not every country is going to let you do that. And they so ain't you playing. Just, I ain't playing. You have to be aware of what you have in there, man. Go even if you gotta double check your bag one more time before you go and yeah. make sure you didn't leave something in there that doesn't need to be in there. Right. You have to take your precautions, man. You know man, that, it, just crazy, man. As that story develops, man, we'll obviously uh, stay tuned and see how things turn out for Bomac, man. I really hope uh, that something you know can come to some kind of arrangement or agreement or something. Uh, yeah. To where he can obviously, for one, be free, go home to his family, yeah. and 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 two, uh, hopefully, be out of this hot water that he is all of a sudden in. Uh, because you know, again, how is it going to affect you know, uh, you know, uh, his 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 camp, uh, particularly Terrence Crawford, who we know now is going to be rematching Earl Spence Jr. Earl Spence yeah. has activated uh, that rematch clause, so there it is. We're getting it. We're getting it. Part two. Yeah, you know, uh, not surprising because he, you know, Spence had said, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the fight that he would, you know, activate that at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make, but if it's at 154. And then, what if Crawford doesn't have Bomac? And, well, yeah, if, what, if there could be some distraction there, you know, I know I've seen it affect some fighters before. You know, yeah. I think Roman Gonzalez, when he lost his coach, uh, he passed away. You know, he started losing fights, yeah. you know, so... It could it could be a negative thing, uh, you know. Hopefully that gets cleared up soon. But uh, other than that, I mean, I really don't see Spence doing much, you know, to change uh, the outcome here, you know, unless he, you know, he completely deviates from his style of fighting, which is you're gonna have to make it a rough night and you're gonna have to rough up Terence Crawford, and you know, maybe get him out of there early yourself before you know he figures you out again. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing that does kind of interest me is how is he going to look at 154 and how is Crawford going to look at 154. Right. Um, other than that, you know, I just I think it's going to be another uh, quick night for sure. I mean, listen, um, there's kind of a lot 
to unravel here. And obviously, we've got a ways to go before we get close to that fight actually happening. We know it's happening, right? The rematch clause has been activated by uh, Earl Spence and his camp. But uh, a couple of things, right? Like, okay, it's a different weight class, 154. All right, that's different. Um, will Bomack be in the corner for Terrence Crawford? We hope he will, but yeah. we don't know that now, right? Yeah. That, that, that there, is a, there is a question mark there. Uh, another question mark could possibly be, and I know you know this is more of a rumor, but will Derek James be in the corner for Errol Spence? There's a little yeah. bit of a rumor going on about that right now. Yeah, and yeah, I've been hearing that too. Uh, I don't know how much truth there is to it. There's Not some, saying that there's any truth to that at this moment. Yeah, by mean, the way, they're just saying right now that they uh, that he may have fired Derek James. It's possible. I mean, I honestly don't know. Uh, if he did, if for whatever reason it comes out that he did, I think it would you know. It would surprise me because then it would tell me that there was more more stuff going on behind the scenes. Sure, but I mean, I personally, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he would. I think they have too much history together, right? And you know, they've built a great resume together. I mean, yeah, I just, absolutely. You know, I don't know why you would throw it away after just one, just one, yeah, yeah one loss. But I mean, the, but, yeah. but what I'm saying, my point here is, there's potentially a lot of different factors going into a rematch, potentially. Yeah. And I think it's those factors that might bring some curiosity as far as what a rematch would do. I think you know if it, uh, you know, I think it, it, honestly, if if things were kind of the same, I don't know that people would want to watch it. <laughs> right. I mean, I kind of don't want to watch it, but the thing that interests me, of course, is the weight. Is uh, and now the coach situation. What's going to happen? Are they just not going to do it? You know, will right. will Crawford fight fight without Bomek? Right. Be, like, will he even take the fight to begin with without Bomek? Mm, right. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting, and 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 for me, and uh, you know, what adjustments will Spence make? Will he fight him the same way? Uh, obviously, it did I not sure work. I sure hope not. I sure you hope know, not. <laughs> it did not work. So, what are you going to do to change your style a little bit to give uh, Crawford some problems? And if you ask me, I think he's got to make it a rougher, you know, tougher, you know, rugged, somewhat dirty type of fight. You got to press him and you know make him uncomfortable. You're going to have to do something. Uh, you got to do something. Kind of like Maidana and Mayweather. Uh, yes. The only thing is May- Maidana kind of ran out of steam in the middle rounds and wasn't right. able to follow through. But you're going to have to have incredible stamina, and you're going to have to make it a, a rough and kind of wild night for someone like Crawford. I, I think you're right. I think, you, I think you hit it on the head. And that's what I was expecting to happen, you know, first, first go round. But Terrence Crawford neutralized all that action. And, and he made it the fight he wanted it to be. And, again, you got to give Crawford his credit there. Um Will Spence be able to do something different in the rematch? I don't know. I look forward to talking about it and seeing how things build up, you know, towards it. I mean, we're, we're still months out here. But, uh, again, it is happening. Uh, they will run it back. Earl Spence Jr. activates rematch clause uh, to run it again with Mr. Terrence Bud Crawford, who is – listen, can we, can we say this real quick? I, I, I know we don't have it here in our notes, but – it seems like there has been a lot of momentum starting to build for the whole Canelo Crawford thing. Yeah, I mean they, they they're tra- uh, trading some back and forth. On I Twitter saw, and it's starting to it's, the, the tone is starting to get real for me. Yeah, yeah, it, which it, is kind of mind blowing. I mean, man, if if it does get made, I'm, I'm going to be in complete shock because I <laughs> I, I just. Uh, I just can't see him jumping up three weight classes. Right. Of course, I did say, and I, and I stick by this, you know, I think skill for skill, Crawford is a more skilled fighter. Size-wise, of course, that's, that's a different thing. 
And weight classes know, for a reason. Exactly. And I mean, I don't know exactly how much, you know, uh, Crawford walks around at, you know, before the fight. I know uh, Charlo's a big guy for yeah, sure. And, yeah. Uh, I think Spence is as well. Yeah. I don't know about Crawford as far as his walk around weight. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that would be one where the weight, I think, would be an issue. I mean, I know with Charlo, I don't think so because they, I think they both walk around similar. Same weight, yeah. So, with Crawford, I'm not exactly sure, and but skill for skill, I do think he's got you know he's got some moments. I think he's he'll have 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 some moments in there, and I think he's got better skills. I mean, kind of like with uh, when Kill Brook fought Triple G, you know, Kill Brook was landing some combinations on there on, on Triple G. Look, like he was just putting on a great performance, but when Triple G would crack him, you yeah. saw what happened. So yeah. it could be a situation where Trans Crawford just looked brilliant for like a half of a fight. And then, you know, maybe Canelo lands a, a hard shot and makes him, you know. Wow. Wow. It could be a situation like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I honestly, mean it, it's so hard to, like, you know, talk about this hypothetical matchup um, because there's so much to digest there between these two fighters, all the different factors, uh, all the different things that factor in, and then their skill sets, and then the, the size, and then the weight classes, and, you know, the resumes, and how is this going to match up together come fight night? So much, right? So at this point, again, hypothetical. We know that the rematch is happening. Errol Spence is going to get his crack first. Uh, I guess at that time, we'll have to see yeah. how schedules line up and how he feels at 154. Yeah. We, we still need and, to see that. Yeah, and it's not like Crawford's getting any younger either. I mean, he's 36 years old. So. And I think that's why Crawford has it, has the attitude that he has. I mean, what are, what are we waiting around for at this point? Yeah, no, he's going to try and get the biggest fights he can get. You know, it's the uh, it makes sense. Well, I, I don't think it gets any bigger than rematch with Spence and then Canelo. Yeah. You know, that, that, G- yeah. Given the fact that maybe Canelo, or I, let me say this, the winner of Canelo and Charlo. Charlo. That's the better yeah. way to say it. Yeah. And there's big fights at 54 to make as well. You know, again, you know, Tim Zhu was out there now. He's a champion there. There's another junior. You know, <laughs> there's right? another There's and, another son of, of, a, of a former champion. And, he, and he's, you know, just like his dad, very good. You know, he just became a world champion. Probably not the way he would have wanted to become a world sure, champion. Sure. You know, got you know via email, <laughs> but uh, but you know he nevertheless he, he's very skilled uh, as well. You know, he's kind of has his dad's right hand. Looks like he's a mirror image of his dad. Really, boy, that is something you uh, want. That's something you want to inherit yeah, right there. And, and he's someone that you know whether he's trying to emulate him or not. Really, kind of fights like his dad. And you know, he's not forcing it. It looks he's like not he, forcing it yeah, at all. And, right. You know, he he's a big box office attraction in Australia. So, you know, maybe Crawford versus Tim Zhu in Australia. And, you know, Ooh, I think that'd be that's a, big business. It'd be a big, for sure, it'd be a big attraction. I'm sure they can, you know, fill a, one of those stadiums over there. Oh, it's so, going to be rowdy. <laughs> it's so, going to be rowdy. So that, that'd, be, that'd be really good. Um, so there's money to be made for Crawford at 154. And I think it'd be more realistic to try it out at 154, you know, and, and maybe 160, depending, you yeah. know. But jumping all the way up to 168, you know, to fight Canelo. I don't know, but I mean, if if you beat him, you know, I've been saying it. You know, that's uh, you beat you beat Canelo Alvarez. We're not talking anymore about a top ten guy. You know, we're talking about something something special here. One of the absolute greatest of all time. You start that kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that boy. Listen, I don't want to get. I don't want to let this train get too much momentum real quick, man. Before we before we know where we're headed. Uh, But but listen, it's something that we're definitely going to be talking about moving forward. Uh, speaking of moving forward, again, announced today at the time of this recording, 
um, someone that uh, you have said some incredible things about, and by the way, who is just a flat-out incredible fighter, uh, Shakur Stevenson has got an opponent. He's going to be facing another pupil of Derek James in Frank Martin. How about that matchup? And you know what? What's what's crazy too is that Frank Martin kind of reminds me a little bit about uh, of Aaron's, Errol Spence. Mm. Just the way he throws his left hand, the way he kind of his southpaw style. Yeah. The only thing is he does kind of change levels a little bit better, and he looks a little sharper. Um, but you know he does tend to get lazy with his left hand. He starts looping it a little bit too much, and uh, with somebody like Shakur Stevenson, once he starts finding his range, mm. that could be a big uh, a big mistake. That could be a big problem. Uh, once he starts figuring you out and he gets comfortable, if you don't do something, you know, to make him respect you, yeah, uh, you might be in trouble. Uh, but I'm very interested in seeing this fight. It's kind of like a, a Crawford and Spence, but at a smaller at weight a, class. Yeah, yeah. At, yeah, exactly. A little bit different uh, level there. Listen, I think Shakur Stevenson. I think it's no doubt. I think everybody realizes that this young man has the goods. He's going to do nothing but get better, right? Yeah. I, I, I believe that most boxing observers. Uh, and, and people who follow the, the sport will agree to that, right? Yeah. So, of course, Stevenson is a rising star, uh, you know, with the bullet. Like, this dude is, 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 is he's one of the new faces uh, of the sport of boxing. Um, Frank Martin, 18-0, 12 knockouts. Very impressive. Very impressive. I love what I've seen from him. I don't know if I'm all the way sold on him, like, for that next level. Um, I don't know if if I would have advised him to take this fight at this particular time, yeah. man. And that's just my, listen, that's just my two cents. Yeah. I mean, well, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, even, you know, Pitbull Cruz is saying, no, nah, we're not doing that right now. Right, so, right. So, I mean, it wouldn't have hurt, you know, for Martin to get a couple more wins under his belt and, you know, kind of get ready for someone like that. But, you know, they want the belt. They want to fight for it. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, I just don't know. And on the other hand, right, you got to, Take your hat off because, you know, I, I say that, right? But I, I have to say, as a boxing fan, you got to take your hat off to a fighter who's daring to be great, who's ready to prove himself. Uh, who cares who, who thinks I can or can't win this fight? I think I can win. Give me the fight. Give yeah. me the guy. Give me the boogeyman. Give me the guy that nobody else wants to fight. Score Stevenson's been struggling to get a dance partner. Yeah. You know what? I'll be, you know, what this. I'll be your Huckleberry. I, I'll yeah. get in there. I'm ready to rock with you. Yeah. And so you got to give Frank Martin his credit because I love the energy. Yeah. I love that type of confidence that say, "Hey, sign me up for it." Yeah. Nobody else wants to sign up for it. I'll be the guy. So, and on one hand, it's like I wouldn't have advised him to do this, but you know what? He's doing it. Salute, man. Yeah. And stylistically, I mean, he 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 can give Shakur some problems. I'm not saying he can't. I just think that you know if he. If he gets figured out and he keeps doing the same things over and over again, it's gonna become it's gonna become easy. <laughs> so he's gonna have to make some adjustments. Uh, you, you, you know, you have to work the body on Shakur Stevenson. You have to faint him a little bit. You have to make him you have to make him second guess himself in there, because once he you know once he gets going and he's fo uh, sure of himself, it's it's gonna be a long night. It's usually a long night for most opponents of, of Shakur Stevenson. And again, sure. this this was just announced here. Uh, I don't think we have any details on 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 dates and venues and stuff like that yet. I don't believe, uh, but obviously, as that comes together, uh, that's a fight we'll be covering. Man, it's an exciting fight. It Another is. really good fight. Yeah, no, it's an exciting fight, and you know, it's a uh, very interesting. You know, and this will be, a, and it's, and it, even though I think Shakur Stevenson will will win, I think it's a good test for him for sure. sure. It's uh, somebody 
the style wise is very sharp. Um, you kind of kind of reminiscent of Errol Spence to me. To me, it kind of reminded me of Errol Spence a little bit. Uh, Coming out that same camp, yeah, yeah, it comes from the same camp as well. And uh, yeah, man, it'd, it'd be a good test. I mean, obviously, I think it would be a lot more interesting a couple years down the road. This one that you let Frank Martin develop and see what he can come up with, and maybe it's a super fight, but. Right now, for what it is, hey, it's a championship fight, and you know maybe he feels like this is his chance to, to fight for a belt, and you know maybe maybe this maybe he feels like the time is now. Maybe it's now now or never, and so sometimes you know that's that's what it is, and you can't really blame a fighter for wanting to be great. Now you you really can't. Again, I think you need to applaud it. So yeah. again, Shakur Stevenson will be taking on Frank Martin. Uh, here in the next few months, very much looking forward to that matchup. Of course, we mentioned Frank Martin, uh, one of the pupils uh, of, of Derek James. Let let your mind run free here, man. You know, we like to stick to the facts, but rumors are such a big part of, of, of this business. Uh, what do you think, man? Errol Spence, Derek James, is, is do, do you think that's over? You think that's a uh, premature rumor going out there? You know, I, I kind of want to give it some more time and see. I yeah. mean, I, I've been seeing, you know, that's the rumor going around, and people are making already videos on on YouTube and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and people are already calling it like it man, is. Man, I, I don't, I don't think so. But you know, just because I feel like they have too much history, right, to just you know end it like that. But if he did, you know, maybe that indicates that there was something going on behind the scenes. You know, you never maybe know. there was a disagreement on the the strategy of the fight. Maybe you know, or, or who knows? You know, hey, man, man, you 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 got AJ you spending time with him now. Yeah. Da, da, da. you never know. You, you, ne- never, you never know. know. Or maybe they're just you know as good as they've ever been, and and you know people just you know making you know rumors. But I I don't know. I want to give uh, give it a few days see if anything comes out. Sure. Um, and that's fair. Listen, like I said, I don't I don't like jumping on the rumor train, but it, it, we are hearing rumblings, and it's just something that we wanted to mention real no, quick. I wouldn't be surprised if they added a face to that camp, someone mm-hmm. else, you know, to come in and work with him, because uh, he's gonna have to do something different for this fight. If Derek James doesn't think that they need to do something different, or if Derek James doesn't make any changes to some to the way they approach this rematch, then I would be concerned if I was Earl Spence. Sure. Uh, but you know they know what they're doing. You know they've been doing this. You know for a while already. You know they're. I'd multi- say they've been pretty successful and very successful, <laughs> multi-time you know yeah. world champion. So hey, you know they know what they're doing. You know, um, but I just believe they're gonna have to do something different for Crawford. Oh, I, I agree with you one hundred percent there. Uh, another, uh, you know what, golly, Derek James, he's he's all over this right now. Another one of his pupils, uh, one of his students. Uh, Mr. AJ, Anthony, Joshua, uh, you know, of course, the big rumor is he's going to be fighting Wilder. There is talk now that maybe that fight is pushed back a little bit, but AJ still wants to try to get one more fight in this year. Uh, do you think we end up seeing AJ again in 2023? Well, you know, uh, I believe he hinted that if if the Wilder fight does not get made and he does come back in December, I think, uh, I think it was Eddie Hearn that said he, he might fight somebody on the Hellenius level, like Hellenius, Dillian White, that t- that sure. type of fighter. Sure. So you know, it, it'd be essentially another tune-up for him. But they're, they're it, gonna roll Dell Boy out there, aren't they, Chisora? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna roll him out there one more time. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they need to leave that man alone for sure. Man. Leave him alone. But but you could see that happening though, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah. It, it's very very feasible knowing uh, knowing Eddie Hearn and, and the zone. They're gonna make guys. all that European money. They're gonna sell out some arena out there, and you know. But it, it would do the trick. You know, he, he needs to keep himself active and uh, keep picking up wins and building up that confidence. And then, you know, let's let's do the AJ, not the AJ, the Wilder fight. So, you know, it's not a bad idea. 
you know, I know we're in an era where fighters don't usually fight that much. Maybe, you know, twice a year sometimes if they're lucky. So I don't see nothing wrong with him getting a fight in December and then maybe getting ready in May or June or something like that for Wilder. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it shouldn't be more than just a B-level type guy, a little tune-up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, good good for AJ and a uh, little, little opportunity to make some money there. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I think uh, I think there's nothing wrong with him getting a little tune-up for sure. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Just don't make it pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, please. Please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, like I said, I, we'll see, man. I, again, I, I love, you know, I love the idea of fighters staying active. You know, it used to be back in the day yeah. these guys fought every every other month. Eventually. You know, heck, some guys fought every week. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, seriously, that used to be the way things gone. Obviously, yeah. that was many, many decades ago. Yeah. Um, but heck, man, even, you know, what, 20 years ago, these guys would fight, you know, several times a year, um, you know, sometimes five, six times a year, depending on where they were in their career. But now, I mean, you're getting one, two fights a year uh, from these big, big time guys and i'm talking about the money makers and i get it right they're making enough money to be able to do that they're, and it's all about you know uh, marketing and and protecting their brand and their records and all this stuff i, I like to see guys act yeah i mean chavez used to fight on average six times a year i think james tony roy jones they all did you know they would take tune-ups in between title defenses uh it was it was kind of like the norm back in the day yeah you know you, know, you make you know a title defense then in between title defenses, you'd kind of you know go to a small town, beat up on a journeyman, yeah. but you still draw a crowd over there. And absolutely, you know, you know, Chavez made you know a career out of that. You know, he, uh, you know, in between you know the Camacho fights and Greg Hogan fights, he was squeezing a couple tune-ups there somewhere in, in Mexico, and you know he he do big numbers out there, just you know fighting some some local journeyman. Yeah, put on a good show, and get probably, out there. Yeah, he probably carry him a couple rounds and stop him, and the guy get. Got to say, yeah, I won a few rounds with Chavez. <laughs> I mean, you got to love that, man. You know, and like I said, James Tony did it too. Uh, Roy Jones, I think, had a, when he won his world title, I think he had like four tune-ups in a row before he defended it, you know. Right. So it, it was just a different era back then. People would always stay active. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were going to fight a, you know, like if you're a, a champion and you're defending against a tall, lanky fighter, you probably get someone similar as a tune-up right. to prepare for that. And so, like, I know Chavez did it when he fought Scott Walker. He was preparing for De La Hoya. And he took a fight with Scott Walker, who was a tall, lanky guy, uh, to, to prepare for him. And so it was just, you know, like I said, it was the norm. You know, nowadays, these fighters will get crucified for fighting, for fighting tune-ups. Dude, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing, though, right? But if they were that active, I think it would be people would be more accepting of it. Yeah. You know, like if if if, if that was the clear game plan, right? Yeah. Like if, hey, man, I'm going to fight six times this year. Yeah. I'm going to fight eight times this year. And, and you know, I'm going to give you two really big matchups that you want to see. But I'm going to stay busy. I want to yeah. fight every other month. I want to fight every three months. You know, I think if that, it, it, I think the fans, I think everybody would respect that if that was, you know, just the way that people operated, but it's just not, we don't see that anymore. Yeah. And, and, you know, in those fights too, I mean, you know, if, if you're a big network, obviously you don't want to pay for a fight like that. But, you know, when you're taking tune-ups and, you know, you're fighting in small venues, you know, sometimes you get on like on local TV channel or something. Uh, I don't think it affects anything, but uh, I just think right now we're in an era where fighters want to maximize their earnings and they don't want to risk losing a fight in a tune-up. You know, they don't want to risk losing a non-title fight. You don't want no Rocky Balboa moment. Exactly. I, I know, uh, I think Alexis Arguello lost uh, a non-title fight one time, I think, uh, when he was still a world champion. 
And so, like, I know fighters probably look at that and they don't want to go through that at all. Right. I think Freddie Pendleton also lost to some journeyman in a non-title fight when he, back when he was the IBF, uh, I want to say lightweight champion. Yeah. I think he took an, uh, a non-title fight and he lost by disqualification or something right. like that. Right. And then goes and makes a title defense. But so, so that could be part of the thing, too. You know, you're a world champion and, you know, you go get embarrassed by some journeyman. You know, now you kind of feel like you lost a little bit of your attraction. But, you know, man, that's the difference, right? And, and I'm not going to get too deep off into this, but that's the difference. In those days when guys stayed active, it was like I, they didn't mind taking those fights because they knew, like, Sugar Ray Robinson, this guy, what was his record for that? I forget, man. It was, <laughs> like, it was, it was like a million fights that yeah. he had, right? Yeah. So, but because he stayed so active and he took a lot of those fights because yeah. he wasn't worried, man. Yeah. He's like, listen, if you get in the ring with me, I'm going to give you the business. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried about what could happen because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I miss that attitude, and that you, kind of energy, yeah, that kind of mindset. Sure. And, you and know, if, you know, and if you beat me, I'll see you three weeks later. That's right. Oh, yeah. if you get lucky on me, you better you better be worried because sure, sure. I'm going to come in back I mean, and I'm uh, getting it in blood, I man. Mean, look at uh, Duran. I mean, his first L wasn't a non-title fight. All right. You know, his first L ever, I think, Esteban de Jesus, who, by the way, would go on to become a world champion himself. Sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, his first L was in a non-title fight. It wasn't even a championship fight. He he lost, you know, in a stay busy fight. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the guys are so afraid of that now. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with the whole Mayweather effect, preserving the O, right? Yeah, the, the, the O. I know it looks nice, but it's really not that important. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think once fighters, you know, continue to make the best fights and. Start noticing that, look, you know, I'm still making money even though I took an L. That's right. I think Ryan Garcia, you know, when he comes back, he's going to make some money. And once these fighters start realizing, hey, like, it's not affecting anything. That's right. Let's not, let's remember that it's all about the kind of fights, you know, the, the kind of fighter you are. If, if, if you're that kind of guy who gets out there and gives it everything, we want to see you. Yeah. Look at Arturo Gatti, man. Rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, he lost a lot of times in spectacular fashion, but he won a lot of times in spectacular fashion. And and he packed the house every, every time. single time he fought. For sure. I mean, he, every single time. Yeah, no, he always put on a show. and you know Who didn't want to see Thunder Gatti in action? And, he, and he's a Hall of Famer now. Absolutely. You know, he made the Hall of Fame. So, you know, wins and losses, you know, obviously wins matter, but losses don't really matter as much. That's right. You know, as long as you put on great fights and, you know, you're still competitive. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a know. great. That's a great way. That's a great way to, to to put a bow on this episode. That message right there may 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 it spread through the echoes of the boxing world. <laughs> exactly, and I think I think eventually fighters will see that, and you know they'll see that you know it. it you know Floyd Mayweather was really an anomaly right. in the sport of boxing. You know he wasn't the first undefeated fighter. Right, there's been you know a few scattered throughout history. You know, but, you know, and, and you could, you know, analyze it and nitpick it all you want. And, you know, you'll, sure. you'll see some, you know, some discrepancies there. You know, like he's got a lot of world champion, world champions on his record, but he fought in an era where everybody's a world champion. Sure. Basically. Right. So, you know, you got to throw that in there. And, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these all-time greats fought in an era where there was one champion to a division. And that was it. Right. But, you know, Floyd Mayweather is an anomaly. He's a glitch in the matrix, yeah. just like you know Ricardo Lopez was fifty-one sure. and zero. Absolutely. You know, uh, he you know he's not the first you know one, one to retire undefeated. I think uh, you can go back and I hope I'm not getting the era wrong. Maybe like the nineteen twenties, nineteen tens. Maybe they had a guy named Packy McFarland who retired seventy and zero. Boom. Five draws. 
but still 70 and 0. Yeah, undefeated. And, and he was a star for that era, but he never fought for a world title. Right. He got he <laughs> right. kind of he kind of got ducked a little bit. Yeah. But 70 and 0 and he and he was fighting contenders in that era. So uh but yeah, so there's there's been undefeated fighters as you know, as long as you can remember they're they're just kind of glitches in the matrix. They're not exactly the the example to, for being a Hall of Famer. Think of all the the legendary fighters. Think of all the legendary fighters. All the big names, the Ali's, the Frazier's, the Jack Johnson's, the Jack Dempsey's, uh, the John L. Sullivan's, the, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez. Uh, I mean, I, on and on. At Lennox Lewis, Savander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, George Foreman, right? Uh, just on and on and on. Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard. I, we could be here all day talking about the greats of the sport. How many of them were undefeated? I mean, that's the exception, exactly, not the rule. Exactly, exactly. That, it, it, that's the exception, not the rule. Do you think that their legacy is tarnished at all? Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, no way at all. I mean, for sure. There, uh, there's so many Hall of Famers who had incredible fights, who, who, had, a, who had losses. Um, it just, you know, I mean, you just, if you retire undefeated, it just means hey, you were a special fighter. Sure. You know, but it doesn't necessarily mean you may have been tested the most or you may have right. taken the most risks. Right. Um, but, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, even some of the best fighters of all time will take a loss. Muhammad Ali took losses, and he's you know universally almost considered the greatest by you know many people. Um, Sugar Ray Robinson had 19 losses, and he's seen by many as the best pound for pound of all time ever. You know, right. Ever, yeah. So you know, it just you don't have to be perfect in there, you know, to to be a great, you know, for sure. I love that. that you know what? Couldn't have said it better my, uh, myself, my friend. I appreciate that. That's, that's a good word right there. I like ending the show on that kind of note right there. Bring back acti- activity. Yeah. <laughs> Bring active back an active sure. schedule. Five fights uh, a year. Would love yeah. to see them, man, for sure. It's tough, though, when you make as much money as they do now, too, though, right? Yeah, yeah. They, when they make that much money, they do not want to <laughs> risk messing that up at all now. So you see maybe two to three times a year if we're lucky. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Fernando, appreciate you, brother. Hey, thank you for having me as always, and look forward to uh, talking more boxing in the coming weeks. And you know, I know we got some some plans here. And you know, oh man, some really good things just around the corner. So uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, listen, keep riding with us, man. Some great things are coming up, man. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, big shout out to Ivory Towns. We hope to get him back on the episode soon. Heard we're going to see the butcher here soon too. Uh, yeah, no, I got to get in contact with him. But yeah, he's he's more than excited to talk about. Uh, about Canelo, so uh, <laughs> big fight coming up. Yeah, man. so he uh, can't wait to have him on here and get his thoughts on the fight for sure. Until next time, keep your hands up, y'all.